Welcome to the Ego Sum Via podcast with me, Father Andrew Eburn. And I invite you, as always, to begin by joining with me in prayer. And this is the Collect for Mass on Easter Sunday. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, who on this day, through your only begotten Son, have conquered death and unlocked for us the path to eternity, grant, we pray, that we, who keep the solemnity of the Lord's resurrection, may, through the renewal brought by your Spirit, rise up in the light of life, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this is an Easter like few others that I have known, and I'm sure it will be the same for many of you. Yesterday was Good Friday, and I celebrated the Good Friday liturgy in church alone the Passion, the Solemn Intercessions, the Veneration of the Cross. And today is Holy Saturday, and for the first time in, well, decades, I will not be celebrating the Easter Vigil. The one continuity, the one liturgical continuity, I should say, with Easter's past, will be the Office of Readings, which every priest reads on Holy Saturday. Though not just every priest, because deacons and religious, and indeed the whole church, is invited to pray the office of readings. So it struck me that if we can't share the liturgy of the evening vigil, we can at least share this, the office of readings for Holy Saturday. So I'm just going to share with you the first reading from the office, which is an extraordinarily beautiful one. Some of you may well already know this, but for those of you who don't, I hope it will be a real treasure. Just a word of preparation before I begin. This reading, an ancient one, recounts what Christ did that very first Holy Saturday. What did Christ do? Well, as the Apostles' Creed says, he descended into hell. He went down to the realm of the dead and opened heaven's gates for the just who had gone before him. And among those he goes to search for is Adam, our father in the flesh, our prototype, if you like. So I'd like you to imagine that these words that Christ speaks to Adam are, in fact, addressed to you. And to imagine that these words might in fact be Christ's Easter message to you. And then after the reading I'll proclaim the Easter Gospel and share with you my homily for this Easter Sunday. This then is the first reading from the Office of Readings. Something strange is happening. There is a great silence on earth today, a great silence and stillness. The whole earth keeps silence because the king is asleep. The earth trembled and is still because God has fallen asleep in the flesh and he has raised up all who have slept ever since the world began. God has died in the flesh and hell trembles with fear. He has gone to search for our first parent, 
as for a lost sheep. Greatly desiring to visit those who live in darkness and in the shadow of death, he has gone to free from sorrow the captives Adam and Eve, he who is both God and the son of Eve. The Lord approached them, bearing the cross, the weapon that had won him the victory. At the sight of him, Adam, the first man he had created, struck his breast in terror and cried out to everyone, My Lord be with you all. Christ answered him, And with your spirit. He took him by the hand and raised him up, saying, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. I am your God, who for your sake have become your son. Out of love for you and your descendants I now by my own authority command all who are held in bondage to come forth, all who are in darkness to be enlightened, all who are sleeping to arise. I order you, O sleeper, to awake. I did not create you to be held a prisoner in hell. Rise from the dead, for I am the life of the dead. Rise up, work of my hands, you who were created in my image. Rise, let us leave this place, for you are in me and I in you. Together we form one person and cannot be separated. For your sake, I, your God, became your son. I, the Lord, took the form of a slave. I, whose home is above the heavens, descended to the earth and beneath the earth. For your sake, for the sake of man, I became like a man without help, free among the dead. For the sake of you who left a garden, I was betrayed to the Jews in a garden and I was crucified in a garden. See on my face the spittle I received, in order to restore to you the life I once breathed into you. See there the marks of the blows I received, in order to refashion your warped nature in my image. On my back see the marks of the scourging I endured to remove the burden of sin that weighs upon your back. See my hands nailed firmly to a tree, for you who once wickedly stretched out your hand to a tree. I slept on the cross, and a sword pierced my side for you who slept in paradise and brought forth Eve from your side. My side has healed the pain in yours, my sleep will rouse you from your sleep in hell. The sword that pierced me has sheathed the sword that was turned against you. Rise, let us leave this place. The enemy led you out of the earthly paradise. I will not restore you to that paradise, but will enthrone you in heaven. I forbade you the tree that was only a symbol of life, but see, I who am life itself am now one with you. I appointed cherubim to guard you as slaves are guarded but now I make them worship you as God. The throne, formed by cherubim, awaits you, its bearers swift and eager. The bridal chamber is adorned, the banquet is ready, the eternal dwelling places are prepared, the treasure houses of all good things lie open. The kingdom of heaven 
has been prepared for you from all eternity. And now the Easter Gospel. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After the Sabbath, and towards dawn on the first day of the week, Mary of Magdala and the other Mary went to visit the sepulchre. And all at once there was a violent earthquake, for the angel of the Lord, descending from heaven, came and rolled away the stone and sat on it. His face was like lightning, his robe white as snow. The guards were so shaken, so frightened of him, that they were like dead men. But the angel spoke, and he said to the women, There is no need for you to be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, as he said he would. Come and see the place where he lay, then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has risen from the dead, and now he is going before you to Galilee. It is there you will see him. Now I have told you. Filled with awe and great joy, the women came quickly away from the tomb and ran to tell the disciples. And there, coming to meet them, was Jesus. Greetings, he said. And the women came up to him and, falling down before him, clasped his feet. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers that they must leave for Galilee. They will see me there. The Gospel of the Lord. If you know any other languages, apart from English, you will probably also know that there are remarkably few places in the world where Easter is called Easter. The great majority of languages use a word derived from the Jewish word for Passover or Pesach. So we have Pak in French, Pasqua in Spanish, Pascha in Russian, and so on and so on. But we have Easter. And the word Easter comes from an old English word which in its original and very earliest form meant the coming of the light in the morning, a word that has long since been replaced by our modern word dawn. As I'm sure you can tell, our English word Easter also has the same root as the word east, which is the direction from which the light comes in the morning. Because for ancient peoples, east is not actually a direction, but a phenomenon, something happening. The coming of the light in the morning, when darkness is banished and new life begins. So perhaps for early Christians in this country, on the dark edge of the known world, that coming of the light had a special significance, and a special association with the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Certainly it is something deeply seated in our liturgy, in the Mass, and especially in the liturgy of baptism. Easter is, of course, the time par excellence for baptism and for conversion, 
one of the losses of this life of ours under the pandemic is the loss of that beautiful rite of baptism at the Easter Vigil, when converts or catechumens are baptised. But if we can't witness and experience that rite this year, it is nonetheless worthwhile taking a moment to reflect on it, and to reflect on what it signifies. Because in the ancient practice of the Church, baptism, the baptism of adult converts, has precisely this turning to the East, the turning to the East that is implicit, as we have seen, in the word Easter. So in the ancient practice of the Church, and we're going right back now to the Church of the early centuries, say the 2nd and 3rd centuries, in that ancient practice, the baptism of the convert began, just as ours still does today, with the renunciation of Satan. But the interesting thing is that if you were that catechumen about to make this renunciation, you would turn physically to the West. You would turn to the West, to the direction from which darkness comes. And then you would stretch out your hand in defiance, and you would renounce Satan and all his works and all his empty show. And then you would make your promise of obedience to Christ, and you would at this point hand over your entire life, every aspect of your life, saying, I surrender myself to thee, O Christ. And as you made this promise, as you handed over your life, you would turn away from the west and turn physically to the east, turning to the light as a sign that your faith in Christ determined a new and different direction for your life. Faith in Christ means a new direction. Now, for many centuries, this physical reorientation was part of our baptismal liturgy, and was also part of the liturgy of the Mass. In the Mass of the early Church, for example, when the climax of the Mass was approaching, when we began the liturgy of the Eucharist, after the readings and the homily, the deacon would call out and summon the people to turn to the East. And he would cry, Conversia Dominum, let us turn now towards the Lord. And the whole congregation would know that now was the time to turn their attention to the risen and glorified Lord who comes from the East. Sometimes it was the deacon who summoned the people, sometimes it was the priest or even the bishop. St. Augustine would often end his homilies with precisely these words, conversi ad dominum, which meant, as I say, that priest and people were now to turn together to the East to greet the risen Lord. And this turning is something we've lost in the Mass of the last half century or so, what we call the Novus Order, the New Mass, which, unlike the original Mass, lacks that distinctive motion of turning to the Lord and turning to the light. And indeed, instead of turning to the Lord and privileging him and his position, we seem to become preoccupied in our Mass by the demands of our own status and who might be turning their back upon whom. But nevertheless, the invitation is still there, even if the deacon, the herald of the gospel, no longer calls us.
because Christ himself continues to call us to turn to him. In that beautiful ancient reading from the Office of Readings of Easter Saturday, which I shared with you earlier, Christ descends to the very depths of hell, looking for our ancestor Adam, our ancestor and our original. And when Christ has found Adam, we are told he took him by the hand and raised him up, saying, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Jesus still comes in search of you and I. Jesus still makes that Easter journey to find you and I. Often at this time of year we have Easter egg hunts, or we would do in happier times. Perhaps if you're isolating with your children you'll be able to still do this. But the real Easter hunt is the journey Christ makes in search of souls, as once he did in search of Adam. Jesus still reaches out to you and I and takes each one of us by the hand and says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, I will give you light. Jesus still calls us to turn away from sin and evil and to turn to the light, to surrender ourselves and our lives to a new direction. And that conversion is not just for the moment of our baptism or the moment of our reception into the Catholic Church. That conversion is to be renewed at every Easter, just as we are called to renew our baptismal vows in the Easter liturgy. And the light that we turn to, the light that we are to walk in, is the light of Christ. It is his hand that will lead us. He is the direction in which we will walk, the direction in which we will orient ourselves. Does he not tell us himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life? True life, real life, let us say, is not this banal, secular life with its work and its numbing responsibilities, its celebrity culture, its shopping, its traffic jams. True life, real life, is Jesus Christ and my relationship with him. Jesus Christ, who is not absent from work and responsibilities and traffic jams, but who is so very easily hidden within them, so very easily ignored, so very easily overlooked. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Like the newly baptized of the ancient church, we are invited to make a definitive choice to turn away from our former life and to turn to the light, to take the Lord's hand once more, to hear his words addressed to us, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, just as he himself is risen, to rise up with him and to walk in his life and his light, rejoicing in his presence with all the church, Christus surrexit, Christ is risen. Alleluia. Amen. So as we come to the end of this podcast, thank you so much for being with me. As always, do get in touch with any comments or questions you have, any suggestions for things we ought to cover. And I'll upload another episode next Sunday 
and look forward to joining you then. Let's add then, as we always should do, with the prayer of our Lord. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may Almighty God bless you all, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.